If you will this morning turn with me in the Gospel of John, the first chapter, where our text will be found this morning. It's actually two verses, 29 and 36. It's John 1, 29 and 36. They read this way. The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Verse 36. And looking upon Jesus as he walked, he saith, Behold the Lamb of God. Let us pray. O Lord, how great Thou art, how long-suffering Thou art to Thy people, and how merciful Thou art to Thy people. Lord, we come to Thee this morning with heavy hearts with Brother Paul and Amy upon our hearts this morning and praying, Lord, that Thy mercy would sustain them now in this hour, that You would be pleased to be a present help to them and give them of Thy peace, give them of Thy mercy and Thy wisdom. Lord, may You draw them to Thee and anoint them with Thy presence that they may know, Lord, that Thou art with them. We pray now, Lord, as we turn our attention to Thy Word, that, Lord, you would be pleased to preach this message to our soul this morning. For, Lord, indeed, it is the only message. It is the true message of the gospel. I pray, O Lord, that thou would be pleased to come with power, to come with clarity, to come with, with a reckoning in our soul, Lord, that we have need of this Savior, that we have need of this Lamb. And, Lord, indeed, this morning, you would cause us to behold this land, for truly he is worthy. Lord, we ask this in the name of thy Son, Jesus Christ. Him alone. Amen. As you see our text this morning, John, at this point, John had already baptized Jesus, and he had already heard the witness of the Father that this is my beloved Son, hear ye him. And this was right after the time that Jesus had spent the time in the wilderness as the Holy Spirit whisked him away and to be tempted of the devil. And and now, when we come to this portion, it said, now, after John had been the forerunner and had been preaching that Christ was to come, now Christ was there. And John's message changed. If you, you didn't see that, John's no longer preaching, repent, for the kingdom is at hand. He's preaching, behold, the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. That's the gospel message. That's what the Lord raises His ministers up to preach. That is the message that He honors. It's the only message that honors Him. Behold, look unto, look to the Lamb of God. Look to this perfect sacrifice. Look to life. Look to the Lord Jesus Christ. For in Him consist all things. In Him the fullness of the Godhead dwells bodily. In Him is the Lord our salvation. In Him is life. In Him is all things. If you will, this morning, let's back up to 19. And John says, the Apostle John says, this is the record of John, John the Baptist. He's already introduced John the Baptist in the verses 6 through 10 over there and said that 
that He would be the one that wasn't that light. But He came to bear that light, to bear witness of that light. And that's what John's going to say right here in a minute. He says, this is the record of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask Him, Who art thou? And He confessed. And He denied not, but confessed, I am not the Christ. I didn't come to... I'm not that light. I'm not the Messiah. And any messenger of the Lord will, will, will be very zealous that His message is glorifying to the One whom the Father sent. The One that life resides in. The One where there's only salvation. Salvation is of the Lord. And John is no different. John has been arrested. John has, his message now is of the Lamb of God and nothing else. And he says, I'm not the Christ. And they asked him, what then? Are you Elias? And he saith, I'm not. Are you a prophet? And he answered, no. Then they said unto him, who art thou that we may give answer to them that sent us? It's always the religious world. Who are you? Why are you declaring the message you're declaring now? And he says, "What?" And they said, "What sayest of thyself?" And he said, "I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as said the prophet Isaiah. I'm the one that came before him. I was the one that was given to say the Messiah is coming. The Messiah is coming." And they which were sent were of the Pharisees, and they asked him and said unto him. Why baptize thou then, if thou be not the Christ, nor Elias, neither that prophet? You see how much emphasis they're putting on the actual baptism, and that being the, the ordinance, or the salvation, or the, the thing that the Jews looked at as being the most important thing. And John answered, and he said, I baptize just with water. But there standeth one among you, who now is, whom you know not, he it is who coming after me is preferred before me. He is the eternal Christ, whose shoe latchet I am not worthy to unloose. And I want you to see that. That's very important. When the Lord convinces His servants and His ministers of who He is, they are laid in the dust there is no frivolity. There is an awe reverence to the one that they are lifting up because they're commissioned by the Lord Himself. And the Lord shows them first their unworthiness to even speak His name. We are nothing but sinners. And, and He said, I'm not even worthy to take the shoe latchet and unloose it off His shoes. I'm not worthy to do that. But the Lord has called me to preach a message. Listen to what he says. These things were done in Bethabar beyond Jordan where John was baptizing. The next day, so that day is past. John, and that's important because you'll see here in a minute how important it is. John's message of the day is this. Behold the Lamb of God which takes away the sin of the world. Behold Him. He's pointing to him. He says he saw Jesus coming to him again. He saw him coming into the area. And his message was behold him. He pointed to him. That is what every minister, whether the Apostle Paul, Peter, 
every minister that's been called since, that has been called to preach the gospel, has one message. Behold the Lamb of God. We don't point you to ourselves. We don't point you to obedience. We don't point you to any ordinance. We don't point you to any religion. The only place to point you is where salvation is. Salvation is in Christ alone. Life is in Christ alone. And so he says, Behold, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. Now we'll come back to that message here in a minute. But let's read on. This is he of whom I said, After me cometh a man which is preferred before me. For he was before me. Now those in the crowd are saying, Well, no, John, you were born before Jesus. Six months, the way the story goes. You came before Jesus. How can you say that he was before me? He saw him as the eternal Son of God. He didn't see him as his cousin. He didn't see him as his blood relative. He didn't see him as a man. He was revealed to him, it was revealed to him, this was the eternal Son of God. And I knew him not, but that he should be manifest to Israel, therefore am I come baptizing with water. And John bare record, saying, I saw, this is him saying, I saw, this was what happened at baptism, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode upon him. I saw that with my own eyes. I was an eyewitness of it. They, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, this is, this is the importance of it. Jesus Christ has been anointed for His ministry. I must decrease. He must increase. And when we stand in this pulpit, that is our goal and our, our life, is that we decrease and that you see Him. Not the one preaching. And I hope as you go out into this world, as you talk to those you love, as you talk to those you come in contact with, your goal too is that Christ's increase and you decrease. This world needs the light, the light of Christ. It doesn't need us and it doesn't need our testimony and it doesn't need to hear what we've gone through or what we're about. It needs to hear Christ and Him crucified. And I knew him not, John said. But he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending, and remaining on him, the same is he which baptized with the Holy Ghost. That's the one. The Father revealed it to John the Baptist. This is my beloved Son. Hear ye him. I am well pleased in him. I am well pleased in Him. I have given Him everything consists in my Son. Preach Him. And I saw, John said, and bear record that this is the Son of God. And then we see something utterly amazing. Again the next day. Again the next day. And we stop and we pause. And I want you to think about the brevity of the message that John preached. There's people all over the place. And John preached, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. 
And nowhere in these scriptures do we see one converted. Nowhere do we hear a hearty amen. Nowhere do we hear accolades given to John or anybody even assenting to who Jesus was. Nowhere. In this whole narrative that you see, not one person that is recorded for us was touched by the message of the gospel. Not one. Let that sink down a minute. You think just because the gospel's being preached, you're going to be touched by it? Do you think your being here assures you that you're going to hear the gospel? No, it doesn't. We are in dire need of Him every minute of our life to open our understanding, to open our ears to hear, to give us a desire, a desire for Him alone. Again the next day. Nothing. There was no, no, well, that was a great message. When He said, Behold the Lamb of God, we have no record that they turned around and beheld the Lamb of God. We have no one asking, hey, who is this Lamb of God? No one. But I ask you this. Did it change John's message? Did, it, did he go back and say, well, I preached Christ, but they didn't respond. It wasn't palatable to them I'll change it. I'll preach doctrine. I'll preach what's going on in the world. I'll preach the headlines, if he had any at that time. I'll preach other things that are more palatable to them. Look at 35. Again the next day after John stood and two of his, John's disciples, and looking upon Jesus as he walked. This is the next day. This is the same message. Behold the Lamb of God. He points once again to Christ. He didn't get tired in the message that he was preaching. He left the results to the Holy Ghost. He left the calling. He left the conversion. He left all the work in the soul to the Holy Ghost. And he did not deviate from what God had laid upon his heart which is the only message of the gospel. Behold the Lamb. And he says it again. Behold the Lamb of God. Now this time it was a little different. Because what we do have in the Word is it on record that two did hear the message. Two of John's disciples that followed him everywhere. We know one of them was Andrew. We don't know who the other one was. Most believe it was John the Apostle who's writing this. They heard the message. They followed John the Baptist everywhere he went. But look what the Scripture said. Look in the, he said, Behold the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Big difference. Big difference. They didn't follow John anymore. They heard the gospel. They heard the foolishness of preaching, that Paul calls it. And it made a difference. The Lord came into their soul and revealed to them Himself. And He said to them, Follow Me. 
You say, well, I don't, I don't hear all that. No, you see, they followed Jesus. They followed Jesus. Then you get the record of Jesus going and calling His apostles, His disciples, to come to follow Him. So the first point I, I hope to make this morning is the message of the Gospel. The importance of not deviating from the message of the Gospel. The results are in the hands of the Lord Himself. And the Lord has His children. We don't know where they're at. That's why the importance to us is that the light that shines in our life, the light of Christ, is not hid under a bushel. We don't know who the Lord brings in our path. Turn with me for a minute over to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. We'll be here a minute. This is what Paul said about this one needful message. And let's just start in verse 18. For the preaching of the cross, and you'll see that's what Paul said, that's what he preaches. He preaches Christ crucified. That's the message of the gospel. That's the gospel that Jesus sent his out to preach. The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish. It's foolishness. Now I want you to think about that. It's not hard for us to sit and think of a world that hasn't heard Christ. It isn't hard for us to think of that world perishing. They've never heard of the Savior. Now it might be a little harder for us to think of the ones who've sat in the truth or have heard the truth for a long time. But yet they're going to perish. Because the totality of Christ being everything is foolishness to them. To hear that Christ finished the work on the cross. And to hear that Christ is life to all of His children. And to hear that Christ is all and in all is foolishness. There must be something else. We have to mix... Uh, social activities with Christ. We have to mix other doctrine with Christ. We can preach Christ. Let's just make sure we get our doctrine down. Let's get our church ordered down. Let's make sure that everybody knows who's in charge here. That's garbage. The Bible calls it foolishness. And it doesn't mix any words here. And the Holy Spirit mixes no words. The preaching of the cross is to them that perish. It's foolishness to them. It's foolishness to the world when you tell them, I have Christ and I need nothing else. It's okay. That is a perishing world. May the Lord keep us ever steadfast in the one everlasting gospel and never to deviate from it and never to compromise it. But unto us, that is minister and hearer, all, all of the elect, unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. That's how we know. The Lord speaks to us through His Word. His testimony is to, through His Word. We're going to talk about the importance of these Scriptures a little later. 
But that's that's what Paul said. To us, the children of God, it's salvation. It's the power of God in our souls. It's the power in our mind. It's the power to live. It's the power to be separate. It's the power to come away. It's the power to trust Him. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and I will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. The worldly wisdom will not stand in the court of the Lord. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Where is the man who could come up against the knowledge of a sovereign God and be able to stand in His presence and question Him of why He has ordained life to be in the Son of God? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? And that's the question for you and I today. Is the wisdom of this world foolishness to you? Or do you still keep going to the world for wisdom? Do we still keep going to the the people that we like to hear their commentaries or whatever it is they have to say? Whatever whatever it is, if it's religion, the news or whatever, is that where you get your wisdom? Because the Apostle Paul, under the power of the Holy Ghost, said that is the wisdom of the world. And has God not made it foolish? Has He made it foolish to you? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom, its own wisdom, knew not God. There's no way to know God with the wisdom of this world. You may worship a God in a place that man has made, but you won't know the true God of these Scriptures. And you won't know the Lord Jesus Christ. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching. Preaching. That's what John the Baptist... Behold the Lamb of God. He taketh away the sin of the whole world. That's the gospel message in its entirety. Behold Him. He's cleansed His people of their sins. He has saved everyone that He came to save. He didn't, not one was plucked from His hand. Not one was left behind. That's the message of the Gospel. He stood in the place of condemnation where we rightfully deserve. He stood in the place and He swallowed up death. He fulfilled all of the law. He kept a perfect obedience. He was perfectly obedient. This is the Christ whose righteousness robes the children of God. This is behold the Lamb. That's what the Lord's ordained. The preaching of the Lamb. For the Jews require a sign. Which camp are you in? Are you looking for signs and wonders? Or are you more like the Greeks who's looking at the philosophy of the world and looking at the world to explain why Christ has done what He's done with His creation? The Jews require a sign and the Greeks seek after wisdom. 
But Paul said, we, the ministers of Christ, we preach Christ crucified. Period. Unto the Jews, it's a stumbling block because they rejected the Messiah. To the Greeks, it's foolishness because He's not enough. His finished work is not enough. There's got to be something I do. There's got to be something else. But unto them, the elect of God, who are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. Christ. He's the power of God. He is the wisdom of God. It's all in Christ. That's the message of the Gospel. Because the foolishness, what man calls it, of God is wiser than men. And the weakness of God, which God, which man calls it again, is stronger than men. For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And if you speak the gospel out in this world, you will see how foolish they really think you are. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things that are mighty. And base things of the world and the things which are despised has God chosen, yea, and things which are not to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh should glory in His presence. He has taken man out of it. Man has no part in salvation. He is a receiving vessel of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. But of Him, Christ, are ye in Christ. It's of Him. We're not putting ourselves in Christ. We're not making a decision. We're not signing a card. We're not coming forward and saying, I choose you today, Lord. We love Him because He first loved us. But of Him are you in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Everything we need is right there. He's our wisdom. He is our righteousness. He is our holiness. And He is our redemption. He is our salvation. That according as it is written, He that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. Is that your testimony this morning? I glory only in the Lord. What the Lord has done. Not unto us, Lord. Not unto us, but unto your name, Lord. Be lift all praise and glory. And I, brethren, Paul said, going on in two, when I came to you, I came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. There's two things there in that determination. One, it shows us that he had a singleness to Christ. He was determined to know nothing and to preach nothing else but the Lord Jesus Christ. The one gospel message. But it also tells us there were other things. Things. There were other religious things 
Because you can't be determined in something if you're not setting that determination against something else that's there. I've determined not to know anything of over here among you. I'm determined not to fall into that trap. I'm determined. And if the Lord's determined, that's all that matters. If the Lord keeps the house, the house will be kept. And He kept the house with the Apostle Paul. I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. Did Paul say anything different? I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. That's the Lamb of God which take away, taketh away the sin of the world. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit. Paul said, you, you know me, I'm not a speaker. If y'all know any history of me, you know I'm not a speaker. It has to be the Spirit that brings forth the message. It has to be the Spirit that testifies of Christ. And it has to be the Spirit who's the power. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men. This is the reason for preaching Christ the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men. And the wisdom of men tells you that you have a faith. If you just believe it, it will be accomplished. If you just will it, it will take place. That's a lie. If you have the faith of the Son of God, it will come about. You will believe. You will trust in Him. Because it's the faith of Christ. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. All of Him. So now let's focus a little bit on the message. <coughs> behold. Behold. Stop. That's what that means. Stop. Stop what you're doing. Twice He preached that message, right? Behold up there in 29. Behold over here in 36. Everybody around is doing their thing and everybody's tending to their business. And he says, stop. Stop what you're doing. This one's worthy for us to stop and look upon. Stop and behold. Stop and behold the Son of God. How often are we stopped at a day to stop and behold the Son of God? Every time He's willing. Every time He's willing. We're not very willing creatures. As soon as we get up in the morning, we take inventory of the day and we think about what's coming into the day and then providence will bring things into our day. Something will tear up. Something will break out. Something goes on at work. Are we beholding the Lamb? No. Do we need to behold the Lamb? Yes. Yes. When that message is preached to your soul, you need nothing else. When Christ your salvation is your salvation, everything in front of you will not matter. Whatever trial you're going through, whatever hardship you're going through, whatever the world's in chaos, it doesn't matter. If this salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ, if He preaches that to you, 
Everything else pales and just dissipates in the background. It's not important. That's why John was telling, behold him. Stop. Look at the Lamb of God. Look at the one that came that was meek and, and that laid down his life and is, is a picture of humility. Look at the one who opened not his mouth. And you know why he didn't open his mouth? Because he was guilty. Our sins were laid upon Him. You think about us today, when, when we're found guilty of whatever we're doing and, and we're found out, we always got an answer, don't we? Oh, well, I, I, that wasn't me. I, I, I didn't mean to do that or I didn't. Yeah, you did. That's our fallen nature. But this lamb had no spot. He had no sin of his own. He was made sin. Behold this Lamb. He is the perfect sacrifice. He is the one that Revelation 13.8 says was the Lamb slain before the foundation of the world. He is the eternal Lamb. And this word says He taketh, which means it's ongoing. We don't look back at a day and time when the Lord took our sins away. He's a lamb slain before the foundation of the world. But it needs to be quickened to us many times. Many times. And that's what He does. That's what it calls washing and renewing. He washes us in the blood. We behold the Lamb of God as He bathes us in nothing but the blood like we sang this morning. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. Who taught you that? Do you feel white when the blood washes and you're forgiven? Yes. But guess what? We're going to run right back out into this world and get polluted again. So He applies that salvation, that finished salvation and that blood over and over and over. There's a fountain opened. Continuously opened. Turn with me over to 2 Corinthians 5. This is Paul again. Um... We're in this section, the end of this section. My heading says it's a reconciling ministry. Paul's speaking of the ministry again, but we're going to just start in, in verse 14. And Paul says something. He says, For the love of Christ constraineth us, us meaning the ministers of the gospel. Why is it we preach the one thing needful? Why is it the Lord has written on our heart to preach nothing else but Christ crucified? Why is it the gospel message is so... Because the love of Christ constrains us. The love for the perfect Lamb. The perfect sacrifice. For the love of Christ constraineth us because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. We judge that. Why? We know that we fell in Adam. We know that all is dead and all is in need of salvation. And every elect child of God will be brought this salvation in their lifetime here. 
to reveal Jesus Christ in their life as their King, as their life, as their Savior. The love of Christ constrains us because we thus judge. If one died for all, then we're all dead. And he that died for all, and that he died for all, and that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves. That's what the preaching of the gospel is. Behold the Lamb. Look at the Lamb. It's the Lamb's life. It's the Lamb's life for you. If you're in Christ, it's the Lamb's life. That you don't live anymore unto yourself and your selfish wants and lusts, but unto Him which died for them and rose again. That's the message of the Gospel. Behold the Lamb. Wherefore, henceforth know we no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, when He walked here on earth, we know Him no more that way. We know Him by faith. We know Him by the revelation of the Holy Spirit. We know Him by the mind of Christ that He quickens to us through the power of the Holy Ghost, teaching us all things of Christ. Leading us into the way which is Christ. Leading us into the truth which is Christ. Leading us in life which is Christ. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. The old things and what you once did and what you once were. Paul said, such were some of you, but now you're washed. Now you walk in the newness of life. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us, don't miss this, to Himself by Jesus Christ. Why does Paul preach Christ? Because God has ordained that everything is in the Son. Everything flows through the Son. Life is in the Son. And He's given to us the ministry of that reconciliation to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. To wit, to understand that God was in Christ. What does that mean? Christ is in, I mean, God is in Christ. He is by Christ. John even told us in his gospel that Jesus was the one who created all things. We know that the Scriptures, these holy Scriptures that are in front of you, speak of Christ. The Old Testament Scriptures pointed to Christ to come. They spoke of Christ to come from the very beginning when He made all things in Genesis 1. When He came forth and He preached the Gospel when our first parents fell. And he said that uh, I will bruise the, the, the head of the serpent. That was the first preaching of the gospel. Then he, our Lord, slayed an animal and covered our first parents with skin. Showing us that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. Jesus would then go on and speak in the burning bush. And he said, I am. It's the same Lord who's speaking over here saying, I am the resurrection. It's always been Him. 
These Scriptures speak of Him. As then we, we, we go on to the Lamb that was provided. Do you remember? Do you remember when I, Abraham and Isaac were going up there and uh, Isaac looked at his dad? You know what he asked him? He said, Dad. Or he said, yeah, Dad. Where is the Lamb? Where is the Lamb? Some of the things I hear today and I listen to a lot of preaching. So a lot of preaching. I ask myself that question. Where is the lamb? You just shake your head. Where is the lamb? God has said, I have one message. Hear my son. And today, religion just deviates. It says there's so much more than the lamb. No, there isn't. He's life. He is everything. And you know what Abraham's answer to him, to Isaac was? God will provide Himself a lamb. That was prophecy. That was the Lord speaking through Abraham. God will provide Himself. It's for His glory that He will provide the Son to be life and who, who will have all of His church in Him. He will provide Himself a Lamb. And He did. And that's the whole point. God must do it. Because left to ourselves, we're not going to lift up the Lamb. We're not going to follow the Lamb wherever He goes. We're not. Because in this sin nature that we still carry around with us, there's too many other things that entice the flesh. And we need the Lord to mortify that flesh and put it down. And then after that lamb, we hear of the Paschal lamb. We hear of the one right there where the, the only life was for the, the people of Israel to take that lamb that had no spot, no blemish, and they had to slit his throat and they had to take the blood and put it upon the, 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 the door, over the door, so that when the angel of death came, he saw the blood and passed over. When the angel of death comes for the believer, he can't have him because he's under the blood. He's safe and secure under the Lamb of God which takes away the sin of the world. Puts it away. Never to be judged in it. That's what the Lord Jesus Christ in the totality of these Scriptures is. That's the Gospel. And we could go on and on and we could go to the ark and we could go to the ladder we could go to the mercy seat. We can go to the temple. And all pointed to the Lamb. Behold the Lamb of God. Everything. All of the pieces in the temple. All of them pointed to Christ. And that's what the Old Testament did. And then when we come into the Gospels, we hear them saying, He's here! We're not pointing to Him anymore. He's here! That's what we see in John this morning. Behold the Lamb. He's pointing to him. The Gospels point to this Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The first three Gospels tell us everything about Jesus' life that the Lord wanted us to know. 
about his ministry, the parables. When you get to John, there's no parables left. There's none. He doesn't tell any. He tells us the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. He tells us of the eternality of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Gospel spoke of Christ is here. The Messiah is here. And then we have the epistles. The epistles that are left to speak of what? To speak of our risen Lord. To speak of the Lord who's ascended into heaven. To speak of the Lord who will come again, as Paul said in Luke, and who will judge the world by that man, the Lord Jesus Christ, and by His righteousness. That's the Gospel. That's what these pages preach to us as the Lord preaches them to us. Front to back. 27 times the Lamb of Christ, the Lamb who is Christ, is mentioned in Revelation. Who was the one that was worthy to take the scroll? It was the Lamb. It's all about the Lamb. May the Lord impress that upon us this morning. It's all about the Lamb. May your life be all about the Lamb. May the Gospel be written upon your heart and you seek to to glorify the Lamb every day of your life. Because He is worthy. To understand, verse 19, to wit, to understand that God was in Christ. He ordained the preeminence of Christ, reconciling the world unto Himself. The elect world. We're not foolish enough to think it's the whole world or there'd be no hell. But we all know there's a hell. The Bible speaks very clearly of it. Reconciling the world unto Himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them. Behold the Lamb which takes away the sin of the world. That's what He just said. He, t- he not imputing their sins unto them, and He's committed unto us, the Gospel ministers, the word of reconciliation. Preaching Christ and Him crucified. Now then, we are ambassadors. We are the, the messengers. We are the ones who are saying, point to the Lamb. Point, there He is. Behold, the Lamb. That's what we're saying. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. As you take inventory in your life, is there something missing? Is Christ not your life? If you find that you're found wanting, if you see the hand writing on the wall, meeny, meeny, tickle you farson. You've been weighed in the balances and you've been found wanting. Are you wanting? Because if you are, I'll point you to the Lamb. That's where salvation is. May He bring you to cry out to Him. He's He's worthy. He's worthy. And He is salvation. For He hath made Him, the Lord Jesus Christ, to be sin for us. What a substitution. He stood in our place and took our sin and we were given His righteousness. His righteousness. What a trade. What a merciful trade. 
For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And that is what we are clothed upon with. We have nothing to fear. We have nothing to fear in the future. We have nothing to fear in the past. We have nothing to fear in the present. If we are robed in the righteousness of Christ, and if we are in him, for truly he is life. Dear Heavenly Father, add thy power and add thy clarity for your name's sake. For this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen.